As you're holding there in 1 Timothy chapter 3, I want to give you a word tonight for a few minutes that I believe is going to help you and really, really bless you and, and uh, really help you in some areas that you might struggle in. I believe this is a, an area people struggle in. A couple weeks ago, we started talking about uh, the, the verse in Romans 8 that there's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. How many are in Christ Jesus tonight? Amen. Amen. We believe that verse, we know that verse, but I believe a lot of times we don't fully understand that verse. And I believe a lot of us live in condemnation still. How many can say amen to that? And if you didn't say amen, it's because you're not, you just admit, we all do. We we, we struggle with that. There's a a side of us that struggles with condemnation. And I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. And I want to talk a little bit about scripturally the difference between condemnation and conviction. Okay, the difference between conviction and condemnation. Amen. And how many know that's an important thing to know? We're going to see in the scriptures that in our daily walk with God, the condemner is not God. The condemner is the devil. The convictor is God. Okay, God is the one who gives us conviction about the things we're doing wrong. And the devil is the condemner. So as you hold in 1 Timothy chapter 3... Um, your Bible there with some marker. Go with me over quickly to the book of John to read a few scriptures that are very well known and very versed as, as believers tonight. That, but we need to look at it again and really get it and understand it. In verse 16, we know the most famous verse, or at least one of them in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not, what, perish, but have eternal everlasting life. And then what, what goes on after that? For God did not send his son into the world to what? Condemn the world, but he, the, sorry, that the world through him might be saved. So God is not wanting to condemn us tonight or even condemn the world. He's wanting to save the world. Amen. He came to this earth to die so that the world would be saved. Amen. Amen. That is still, believed, we still believe that's his plan. Amen? Amen. That he came to save and seek that which was lost. But, and it says so in 18, he who believes in him is not condemned. Take your pen and underline that right there. He who believes in him is not condemned. Okay, and we'll read on in a second, but you need to get that part right there. He who believes in him is not condemned. Let me ask you real quick. Do you believe tonight Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Then you are in that verse right there that should not be condemned by God. Okay? He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done 
in God. Father, for the next few minutes, anoint your word. Touch every member of this place tonight, every man, every woman, every child, every teenager, God. Arrest our minds to receive your word and walk out of this place tonight with an understanding, God, that you want to work in our walk, in our lives with us. And God, know the difference tonight between condemnation and between conviction, God, tonight. We ask you to speak and to touch and to bring forth fruit in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. So if you didn't get that first part, we're looking at the difference between condemnation and conviction. Okay, condemnation and conviction. This is going to help you in your daily walk because we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. We all do wrong things. We all uh, have bad thoughts. We all have things that we battle with every day and, and, and things that the, the temptation to tempter comes and tries to tempt us with. And in that battle, many, many times we fall short of what God wants us to see in our lives and feel in our lives because of condemnation. And I just want you to understand the difference between the condemnation of the devil and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I probably won't get through this whole thing tonight, but I'm going to try. Amen. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter chapter 3, where I told you to hold. And let's look in verse 1. Say amen if you're there. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violence, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up, watch this, with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as who? As the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. We know tonight that the one who is condemned is the devil. He's condemned because he, he fell already. He's in a fallen state. And, and there's people tonight all over the world that at this moment are condemned. Okay? Why? Because they have not believed. But they can come out of their condemnation and they can be saved by what? By putting their faith in Jesus Christ. By putting their faith in the cross. By putting their faith, as we talk Sunday, in the blood of Jesus and what he shed for us. And so that's why the verse says, now, there, you are there now for now, no longer in condemnation. We were in condemnation. Before someone comes in a church service or at a house or at work or in a car or wherever else you might be witnessing to somebody, before they come into the Lord and get saved, they are condemned. What did John tell us? Why? Because they don't believe. And so they're already condemned. And so they don't need to be condemned by anybody else. They're condemned on their own because they have not put their faith in Jesus. But the Bible says as soon as we give our lives to the Lord, that condemnation is no longer there. And we have been set free. And we are a new creation. Amen. All the old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And now I'm walking in the fullness and the greatness and the awesomeness of God. And I'm not condemned anymore. And now, as I'm saved, I enter into a new phase of walking with the Lord and allowing the Spirit of God to 
convict me. The difference between condemnation and conviction. And if you don't get this clear, and this will help you, then you're going to walk around a lot of the time as a believer condemned. With your head down, feeling like a failure, feeling like you should quit and give up. What is the devil's plan for your life that you would quit? What is the devil's plan for you tonight that you would go back into that state of condemnation? That you would stop believing in Jesus Christ. That you would believe that maybe that wasn't really real when you got saved. He's hoping and, pr- and probably even to say we're praying, amen, wishing that you would go back into that state of condemnation with him. Because he knows that you are saved now. And all he's going to do is he's going to come and tempt you. He's going to come and lie to you. And he's going to come and tell you you are wrong. You're bad. You're messed up. You're a loser. You're lost. And he's going to lie to you over and over again and as believers somehow some way we listen to him we give him an ear and that's what I don't want you to do tonight James 5 12 says but above all brethren don't swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other earth or oath sorry let your yes be yes and your no be no lest you fall into judgment so Paul was warning in these verses and in Timothy that what we have to be careful of as believers is to not get puffed up to not get to a place of uh, a condition that we would feel like we've arrived and get to a place where we feel like we cannot fall because that what happens when we get to that place is we've stopped listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We've started listening to the condemnation, maybe, or we started listening to the lies of the devil, but we've stopped listening to that voice of the Holy Spirit that's dealing with us on an issue. And because we feel that conviction and we, we take it as condemnation, then we don't do the right thing. Okay? Let me just throw out a quick example just to give you an idea where we're going with this. If you don't pray enough, okay, and nobody does... If you don't feel like you pray enough, because we could all pray more, but if you don't feel like you have enough prayer life, or let's say a today or a day, you didn't pray enough, or even you got to church and you're a leader, you're in leadership, whatever, and you didn't feel like you prayed long enough, you didn't prepare long enough, there, there's something that would come to you that would be condemnation that would say, you didn't pray enough, so you ought to just quit praying. That's condemnation. You, you, didn't, you, don't, you, you don't pray enough, so you're, you're not good enough. Why don't you just quit and give up? Right. You're never going to have a prayer life. That's condemnation. Conviction is, why don't you pray some more? Amen. Why don't you get closer to me? Why don't you draw closer to me? I, why don't you spend some more time with me? There's a spirit that's drawing you. It, the conviction is always going to be Jesus drawing you closer to him. Condemnation is always going to be the devil trying to push you away from God because you're not good enough. So if you didn't get anything else in the whole message, get that right there. That's the plan of the enemy. And Jesus, through his conviction, through the Holy Spirit, is always going to be teaching you and nudging you and showing you things that are divisive to a relationship that's pure and loving and close to God. And at the same time, follow this, the devil's going to be pointing and pushing and telling you you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're never going to be able to stand before God, you're never going to be able to be in God's presence. Y'all with me? You're never going to be able to stand in that in that area of God because you are so imperfect and you're so wrong and you're so messed up. That is condemnation. Conviction is, yeah, I understand I'm not good enough, but Jesus says, come on, 
Come on. I, you know what? You can spend some more time with me. Spend some. Y'all following me? Amen. So condemnation is of the devil. So when you begin to feel condemned, recognize who it is and recognize who it is not. Okay, this is important. It's not God. The the definition of condemnation is the judicial act of declaring one guilty. And then being sentenced to punishment. So the devil's going to say, you are, you are guilty, and he, what he's going to say through condemnation is there's no hope for you. You're never going to meet God's standards. And when you begin to walk in condemnation, it's because you've taken your eyes off of the cross. You've taken your eyes off of who, who justifies you. And you begin to get to a place of, place of even self-righteousness or, or doing something somehow, some way to be able to be good enough to God. Yes, we need works. Yes, we walk in righteousness. Yes, we do the right thing. But when you begin to take your eyes off of what makes you righteous, that's where you allow condemnation to hover over you and to defeat you. Amen. And so you can't allow that to happen. You've got to say, no, this is of the devil. You've got to remind him of the verse, devil, you're condemning me. You're punishing me. You're sentencing to me. You're sentencing me. And when he does that, you need to tell him, you're the one that's sentenced, devil. You're the one that's going to spend eternity separated from God. I'm not. I'm going to be with God in heaven. Amen. And you need to remind him of that. So listen to this. Newly planted converts, people who've just gotten saved, uh, are warned about this and need to be warned about this because lest they fall. How many people do you think tonight around the world have been condemned by the devil, new converts, and never made it to a place of maturity because they were condemned by the devil and they were told they weren't good enough. They were told they were going to never make it. They, they went out and sinned again. And because of that sin that they did, the devil said, you are, you're, you're not going to make it. You can't do this. And they allowed the condemnation to eat them to death. So they finally said, you know what, devil, you're right. When Jesus is saying no, remember we talked about that Sunday, I I shed my blood to redeem you. I shed my blood to cleanse you. I shed my blood so that you could draw near to me. I shed my blood so you could have access to me. Amen. And so it's conviction that would draw you there. Condemnation would would draw, draw you to pride. Pride is what what leads you to this. Amen. So listen to this verse, Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty and before honor is humility. How many want to be humble tonight? I want to, I want to, Lord, help me stay humble. Lord, keep, give me a humble heart. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Amen. That, what I'm understanding is, is the devil's not pushing me down. I'm a teachable person and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help me draw closer to you. Convict me. A, a, a believer who's growing is asking God to convict him. He's saying, Lord, as David said in Psalms 51, search my heart. Look inside of me and see if there's anything that's not right. See if there's anything that doesn't line up with your word. It's not somebody who's trying to get away with what you can get away with. It's somebody who's saying, God, I don't want to sin against you. Please look inside of me. Please search my heart and convict me of my sin. Big difference between condemnation and conviction. Big difference. Satan, I said this already, is condemned. And so is Unfortunately, 
a great majority of the population of the world because they do not believe in Jesus. John 1, 1 to 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him not anything that was made was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. What does this mean? Jesus is the light. Listen, Jesus is the light. And without him, you're lost in your sin. But with him, you are redeemed. And with him, you cannot be condemned. Amen. You can be convicted, but you cannot be condemned. Are you all following me tonight? So, so listen, what troubles us is our thoughts, listen to this, about Jesus. He came, he died, he resurrected, he brought us salvation. Most of us in here tonight understand that. But what we don't understand is along with his death and his resurrection, he came with a spirit of conviction. He came with the spirit that when the presence of God is evidence, when the presence of God is around, people want to repent of their sins. Don't you want to live a life that is so full of God that when somebody gets around you that is not living right, they will be convicted of their sins. They'll be pierced to their hearts and they'll say, man, I, like, like uh, Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips because I'm in the presence of God. We could help, hopefully people could be in the presence of us and feel con not condemned, but convicted of their sins. Here's what the definition of conviction is. Y'all still with me? Is this too heavy for Wednesday night? Conviction is the act of proving, finding or determining, watch this, the guilt of an offense. Finding, finding out, okay, this is wrong. The state of being found guilty. That's conviction. But remember when we talked about condemnation, what was the other one? A sentence. With conviction, there's no sentence. Conviction is, listen, spirit, listen, heart, listen, Blake, what you're doing is wrong, and you need to change it. Right. Not what you're doing is wrong, and you're damned to hell. Yep. Right. Y'all right. following that? Amen. That's the difference. And so the spirit of conviction, and I'll get to this in a second. I might be getting ahead of myself in a second, but you'll understand what I'm saying in just a second. I wrote this down next to conviction. Let me see what I wrote down next to condemnation. Okay, take for your notes and understand. Write this down. Because I don't want you to come out confused. Condemnation is this. Condemnation shows the problem. Okay? Shows you the problem. Says you got a problem. And I, I don't know about y'all. I don't need anybody to tell me I got a problem. I know. If I, if I sin, I know I've made a mistake. I don't need anybody to tell me. I know. You know. Condemnation shows you the problem. And that's great. But there's no solution. Because the spirit behind condemnation is you're a loser, you're lost, you need to give up. That's what the devil's trying to do. The devil's not talking to you about your sin so you'll draw closer to God. Y'all following me? Y'all picturing this? Why is he condemning you? So that you'll turn away. He's condemning you so you'll give up. He's magnifying your sin so that you'll see it and say, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm lost. 
I'm undone. I'm unclean. And there's another one. No hope. Condemnation says there's no hope. How many people do you think are out in this world tonight that say, in their own words, would say, I'm condemned. There's no hope for me. You ever met someone like that? There's no hope for me. Come on. You ever met someone like that? There's no hope for me. I'm so lost. Guess what? Devil's winning. The devil has allowed them or taken to a place of belief that they are lost and cannot be found. You think God's saying that? You think God's standing over them saying, you're lost, you're, you're damned, you're going to hell. This is where a lot of people don't understand what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time word you say. It's a condition. And as long as you are being convicted of your sins and knowing that, man, I wonder if I could have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you have not. Because you realize there's hope for you. You realize there's forgiveness for you. You realize that you can be forgiven. You can come to the Lord and you can say, God, I'm sorry for making a mistake. Please forgive me. And that Lord of conviction is standing there saying, come, son. Come, daughter. I'm open to you. I'll forgive you. I, I know you messed up, but I love you. Let's reconcile. Condemnation says you're lost. You're too far gone. You're hopeless. You can't come back. Now, why do you think people commit suicide? Take their lives because the devil has condemned them to a place of no hope. But, okay, you wrote that down for condemnation, right? Conviction is this. Conviction shows you the answer. Conviction shows you you're guilty, shows you that you're in a state, as this, as this de definition says, uh, of determining the guilt of offense, of a state of being found guilty, saying this sin, this is a sin you're dealing with. But the great thing about conviction is it shows you the answer. And conviction will always push you to repentance. Amen. Amen. Conviction will always push you to repent. Do I need to stay here or can I go on? Let me say that one more time. Con condemnation is going to push you to quit. Conviction is going to push you to repent. Condemnation is going to push you to, to give up on God and think, God, you're, you're mean, you're, you're bad, you're, you don't love me. And conviction is going to push you to draw closer and say, you don't need that in your life. Come home. Get right. Repent. Because Jesus came, and here's the thing, we talked about this Sunday morning with the blood. He, when he shows us the answer, the conviction is, my blood, my blood was shed for that. My blood was shed for that. Come on, y'all follow, not, not to condemn us. Jesus did not shed his blood to condemn us. He shed his blood to save us. Amen. Don't ever forget that. He shed it, shed it to save us. He shed it to heal us. Can you imagine giving your life for somebody, shedding your blood for them, and then not wanting everybody to, 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 to get, out, get, get something out of that? You would want everybody. God wants everybody to be saved. So in your walk, when you're feeling convicted, it's a good thing. When you're feeling condemned like you're not worthy and you're guilty and you're shame, that's not God. Amen. Amen. It's the sting of our conscience. When the Holy Spirit is working, you're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When you are allowing the conviction of the Holy Spirit to work in your life, you are more sensitive to it. Amen? You are more sensitive to it. 
You are more sensitive to God's voice. When you are allowing condemnation to come in, you are not hearing God. You're hearing the devil. Picture that old generic picture of a commercial or whatever with the devil on one side and the angel on the other. You're allowing the devil to speak into your life instead of the angel, instead of this Holy Spirit to tell you the things and you're listening to the wrong person. Y'all still with me? Got quiet in here. What is conviction? It's God's love calling us. It's God's love calling us. Come, Come closer. Hey, that thing right there that you got in your life, that I'm dealing with, that I'm convicting you about, it's keeping me from allowing you to draw closer to me. I want to be closer to you. I want to have a greater relationship with you. But that thing right there, if you'll just deal with it, we can get closer. He's not saying, man, because of that thing, you can't get closer to me. That's condemnation. He's saying because of that thing, we can't get closer than I want to. She's all seeing the difference. I'm, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but you've got to see the difference. Condemnation is going to pull you away. Conviction is going to call you in. God's spirit has moved on us and we've been found guilty in, by his spirit, but not condemned. Okay, when he convicts us, we've been found guilty by his spirit, but not condemned. He has shown us our sin because he does not want that sin in our lives. Watch this. Acts 2.37. Write this down. You're not going to have time to look at these verses. Just list, just write them down and go back and look at them later. I'm going to read them to you. But you remember when Peter's preaching to the multitudes after they come out of the great uh, upper room and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now Peter's a different man. Amen. He's preaching with a boldness he's never had before. And the Spirit of God is upon him. And in Acts 2.37 it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, watch this, what shall we do to be saved? Y'all remember that story? It wasn't the condemnation of Peter's words that asked them to, that drew them to repent. It was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It allowed them to see, I'm lost. What do I have to do to be saved? Conviction will make you say, what do I have to do, God? To fix this problem that's messing up our relationship. What do I got to do? And deal with it right there. And then move on. Watch this. Deal with it right there and then move on. If you deal with it and then you think about it again and you still are bothered by it after you've dealt with it, that's condemnation. Because the Bible says when you confess to the Lord your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says that your sins are as far as the east is from the west. Amen. Amen. The Bible says he does not any longer remember those sins. They're gone. They're forgotten. Amen. And so if you're thinking of them again, that's condemnation of the devil, not God's Holy Spirit. Watch this. What What if we reject this loving, calling conviction of God? What if we reject it? What if, what if we say, no, I don't, I'm not hearing that. I, I don't really want to deal with that. What if we say that? What, then what are we doing? We're condemning ourselves. Y'all still with me? We can condemn ourselves. By what? By not listening to the Holy Spirit. By not obeying what the voice of the Holy Spirit's telling us. And that's where somebody begins to backslide. 
The process of backsliding is not, you don't wake up one morning backslidden. The process of backsliding is when the conviction of the Holy Spirit is dealing with you on a situation. And as you, as it dealt with you there, you don't deal with it. You put it off. You say, I'll I'll mess with this later. I'll deal with this later. And you put it off and you don't deal with it. And then the next time comes around and it's not even the same issue. Maybe it's a different one. And the Holy Spirit's dealing with you again and saying, you don't need to do this. And you push it off again. And as you continue to push that off, you are not, not only not dealing with the sin, you're condemning yourself. Because if God is dealing with you with something in conviction and love, you condemn yourself by not listening. And after continuously doing over and over and over and over again, you get to a place, and only God knows that and only you know that, what it is, that you feel like you cannot come back. Now watch what I just said, that you feel like you cannot come back. Because if you look at the life of the prodigal son, in God's eyes, that place doesn't exist. Because his arms are always open for you to come back. But we believe the lie. We believe the lie of condemnation of the devil. Listen, this should be liberating to you tonight. This should be liberating to your spirit. To know that God is not trying to condemn you. He's trying to convict you. That's why God, listen, is justified in judging this world. Why? Because when a person, what should a person do? When they feel that conviction, what should the person do? Well, one option would be to run. That's what a lot of people do. Just run. Just, and maybe that's your life. Maybe as you've grown up in your life, that's you. Instead of facing the problem, you run. You just turn away and run, and you, when, it, when it gets hot in the kitchen, you're out. When the going gets rough, you're gone. You can't do that with God. If, the, if it's getting hot in your relationship with the Lord and he's really convicting you of something, there's something going on and, and the devil's sounding the alarms in hell. And he's saying, hey, we almost got this person. We got to hit him extra hard. And Jesus is saying, no, you're not going to hit him extra hard. I'm dealing with him. He's going to turn back to me. And they're both cheering. But guess what? Free will says, I choose. If I listen to the conviction or I run from it. Y'all with me? Amen. Acts 2.38, the next verse says this. Then Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Who's salvation for? Everybody. Who's repentance for? Whoever will. Amen. Who's, who's got the open door with God? Anybody. So when we become born again and become a new creation, now what? The Holy Spirit, listen, begins to lead us to be like Him. And we should never stop wanting to be like Him. And here's the thing, maybe many of you in here tonight have left the drugs and left the alcohol and left the big sins. You got that taken care of, and you think, I'm good. But you're never going to be good until you get to heaven. God's always going to be dealing with you all your life. So you don't get to a place where you say, well, that can't be me because I've dealt with the big stuff. The little stuff, the little foxes spoil the vine. 
And now you get to a place where now you don't, maybe you're not partying anymore. Maybe you're not shacking up anymore. Maybe you're not doing the things you used to do that in the world's eyes are wrong anymore. But now you're lusting or you're greedy or you're dishonest or your heart's hard or you're gossiping or you're doing things that are in the Bible that say not to do. And and the Holy Spirit is not condemning you for that. He's convicting you. And he's wanting to continue to turn you in to the man and woman of God that he wants you to be. But don't let that pride come in. Don't let that spirit come in that says, well, I've arrived. I've already, I've already gotten there. Because we need to get to a place. And you need to ask yourself as I close now. I'm not going to get anywhere near this. I'll pick it up next week, next Wednesday. I'm not going to get anywhere near finishing. But I want you to think about this. You need to get to a place where you love conviction. You love the rebuke of the Lord. Not hate it, not dislike it, not be mad at it. You look for it. You're quick to respond. Your heart is open. Your heart is soft. Your heart is moldable. And, it, and, and you don't have to do a big, humongous sin to feel convicted. The little things get you. And, you, and those bother you before you make the big sin. Because you're listening to the Holy Spirit. And you're listening to the voice of God. And He's telling you uh, four steps ahead. How many know that if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit, He can keep us out of trouble? Right. Right. Does God want us to keep out of us? He wants to keep us out of trouble. And so if your heart's right and your heart's pure and you love conviction and you're running to conviction and you're running to God's arms, watch this, and you're doing all that and you're reading your Bible and you're paying your tithes and you're coming to church and you love people and you feel like you're doing all the stuff you're supposed to do and you feel condemnation, who's giving you that? Not God. So why are you giving him a place? Stop listening to this voice of condemnation. Because you are no longer in condemnation. You can look up to Jesus. You can look at his cross. You can look at his blood. You can put your eyes on him and know in your heart, I am not condemned. I'm justified. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm saved. I'm born again. Hebrews 12, 6 and 7 says, For who the Lord loves, he chastises and scourges every one, every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, then God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father does not chasten? So don't feel bad when you're being convicted of the Holy Spirit or bad when you're being, so to speak, spanked by the Lord. Let him spank you. Amen. Let it understand that he's, he's dealing with you on something of the bigger picture. But hopefully by the power of the Holy Spirit, and not my words, you are getting a revelation tonight of the difference between condemnation and conviction. I pray that you can go to sleep at night knowing that you are not under the condemnation of God. Knowing that if you make a mistake and mess up, that God is not standing over you condemning you. He's standing over you saying, uh, recognize and learn and get back up. Amen. Amen. The Bible's showing us this. The difference between, and you know what? I know what I'm talking about because I've dealt with it for a lot of years. And it comes in waves comes in seasons. Anybody in here been saved long enough to know what I'm talking about? 
You get to that place where you really grip and understand the conviction of the Lord. Some of you new converts aren't going to get that yet, but listen to the wisdom of years of experience. Don't, you don't have to ride that roller coaster. You can recognize the season when it's coming along. And when you feel like, you know, a lot of times when you're going to feel like you're the most condemned is when you're probably doing the most for the Lord. Because the devil's wanting you to feel that way so that you'll stop. And recognize that it's, it's the Holy Spirit convicting me, not the devil or God condemning me. Let's, let's finish tonight with this one story. And then the musicians can come. This brings a remorse for failing God. A spirit of conviction, a, a heart that loves conviction, understands the feeling of remorse for failing God. You, you, again, you don't have to have anybody else tell you you messed up. That's why when somebody around you in the church or your family or somebody you know is making mistakes, pray for them. Pray for them. That, pray, why don't you, you know, listen, let me just hit a nerve real quick that we're all guilty of too. Sometimes us Christians are the worst. We kill our own. And when we see somebody making mistakes and failing and falling and, and doing all these things, look, you can't change them. You can't be there to make the choices for them. But why don't we try praying for them? Saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, deal with them. God, I pray for that person's heart to be soft so that when you deal with them, they'll turn back to you instead of sometimes, listen, don't, don't, don't act like you're super spiritual. Instead of sometimes wishing or thinking, man, I would, they just need to go back to the world. They're already backslidden. Just let them go. That's not God's heart. And they, are, they know they're messed up. They know they're sinning. And if they don't, listen, you telling them is not going to help them. The Holy Spirit is the best at that. The best thing you can do is get on your knees and pray for that person. And say, God, give them a spirit of not condemnation, but a spirit of conviction. So that they'll want to turn back to the Lord and come home like the prodigal son. Peter, we'll close with this in Matthew 26. You know the story in verses 73 to 75. A little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them. Your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know the man. This is after Jesus has been given up to be crucified. I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. When that rooster crowed, how many know Peter knew what he'd done? He knew. And so sometimes we see somebody mess up and we think, well, they must not have known because they just did it again. But Peter messed up three times. The second person came along and, and said the same thing. And the, 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 the rooster crowed again and three times it did in 75 it says, Peter remembered the word of Jesus who said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out, watch this. So he went out and wept bitterly. We need to pray that the messages and the words and the word of God and the prayers reach that person at that moment. 
And they remember the words of the Holy Spirit. They remember the words of messages. They remember the words of the Bible. They remember your words of, of hopefully encouragement. And even if, it's a, even if it's a rebuke that it's done in the love of the Lord. But they remember those things and they come to their senses. And they recognize, man, I've just made a mistake. And our prayer is that they would weep bitterly and that they would come home. Not that they would just finish what they're doing. 